what it feels like, what it truly individuating feels like, feels like being alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels mm-hmm. like, yes. and I kind of have always felt like I'm alone anyway, which is like the trap, like really mm-hmm. attaching. I'm alone fucking anyway, but at least like they don't think I'm alone. Everybody was born into the wrong family. Okay. Mm. And so, and oh, the, right. and, Come on, and everybody's, um, well, to honor yourself, you've got to find your soul family. Ah. Right? So the, the big hormone enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovich, uh, sexual self president with Biowing 458 Trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pressed sexual 9 with 1974 Trifix. What up, it's Emika. I'm an 8-wing 7, sexual self-pres with 854 fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-pressed social 3-wing 4 with a 369 Trifix. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. David, you said something about, uh, I think it was the first one that um, basically this experience is sort of providing individuation to attachment types because to actually respond to your specific attraction to someone is a form of individuation to, you know, to actually put your heart on the line to say, I want this person and it might fall apart and I might get burned. Right. That is individuation. And that's why that's what attachment types are avoiding in romantic relationships Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is to, you know, to stick with the thing that they know that they, they can get that they're not affected by, or they don't really care about because, um, it might just be comfortable and stable versus, you know, that's a thing that I want. And if I actually go for it, I might, I might fucking, you know, be ripped apart. Yeah. My mom often gets very confused by me because she's like, she's like, Oh, I think you'll do great on like this test or this upcoming thing. And I'm like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to fail at it. And she's like, she's like, why aren't you more positive? Like, why don't you try to manifest positivity? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, because if I expect positive and don't get it, I will die. Yeah. I will just be ripped apart and I don't want to feel that emotion. So I'm going to expect the worst and no one can ever hurt me. Mm. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> and t- and taking a test is conforming to an outside set of guidance, which and is another. Horrifying. And it's another parent. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's a yeah. parent yeah. structure you're bringing into that. Yeah. And if I pretend I don't care about it, then I yeah. can not get hurt. Yeah. I will say also, I feel like it's important to say that like this does go beyond instinct. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy mm-hmm. is yes. self-pres. I'm a social dominant. Emika, your partner is an attachment type who is a sexual dominant. Mm-hmm. And we have all and been the experiencing thing. the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We've all been doing the thing of like, oh, we're just trying to get that, you know, we're just trying to like men, we're just trying to go home. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And so the idea of like beyond through all the instincts, through beyond whatever the word is, um, the idea of leaving home is, I mean, that's the thing that like takes your breath away. So yes. I I want to get it in 
at the risk of, of being self-indulgent. Uh, <laughs> well, you're always self-indulgent. I'm always self-indulgent. And this I is, don't know This is a, my podcast, so fuck okay. everyone else. How to um, have the audacity of a white man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look at this man with no attachment time. No attachment. <laughs> Watch him go. Um, I'm interested, you know, so, like, and I think both y'all can speak to this, Nancy and Alexandra, but, like, so, you know, I know that our relationship has been transforming a lot for both of us. Uh, and so like, like what is different that has like, what, what has made it a place where individuation, you know, is a thing? Like, why has it called different parts of you to be involved? And like, I'm thinking of somebody is, is an attachment type or, or not, and just looking at attachment structures in themselves and listening to this and listening to their, trying to track their own uh, process of intimacy and their own individuation. Uh, like what would, what, where would they have to look to get outside of the prison of their own uh, type structure? Okay, this is a great question. Um, okay, so I don't know if this is the answer you're looking for, um, but I think for specifically for attachment types and Nancy, you know, jump in and <laughs> David, you being an attachment type too, you quiet little nine, uh, jump in <laughs> you too. Um, I would say the thing to what? follow actually is, <laughs> I would say the thing to follow, the thing that is indicative that you're actually doing something right is your fear. Mm. Yes. hundred percent. Like, you know, like I have been in, you know, relationships before I've had new job opportunities, had new this and that, like nothing fucking scared me. I am scared of everything. Nothing scared me. This fucking terrifies me. Yes. Mm. I, as a three feel like I can do anything that I put my mind to whenever I fucking want. Yeah. Same. I mean, even and, as a nine, like, yeah, I feel like it is like the, 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 the ability, the sort of like unspoken magic power of the attachment types to just adapt and fucking make it work. Yep. We can make anything work. I am like a cat so when, with nine lives. I land on my feet every fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're working with something that we cannot manipulate to conform to, you know, give us those gold star, whatever, whatever it is that we're talking about. It feels like, like, again, just feels like being blind. It feels like falling into a black hole. And it feels like, oh, this has nothing to do with any approval and has everything to do with me. And, oof, yeah, it's something. Yeah, and I, like, even as we sit here talking about this, like, I have, like, tremors going through my body because yeah. I get so, like, worked up and nervous and anxious and fearful of it because it's just such a big emotion. Um, and like, that's, that's it. Yeah. Because it feels like it feels, and you know, maybe I'm speaking to my own. So again, like, uh, speak to your own experience here too, but like what it feels like, what it truly individuating feels like, feels like being alone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It feels mm -hmm. like, yes. And I kind of have always felt like I'm alone anyway, which is like the trap, like really mm -hmm. attaching. I'm alone fucking anyway, but at least like, they don't think I'm alone. Right. You know, I don't know mm. how that makes sense, but there is there's something there of like I'm alone, but at least it's like not at my hand. Yeah. And mm. I had to force myself to be alone at my own hand mm -hmm. for a while. And not like like to get to a place where I was like, okay, I am at least somewhat okay with 
the idea of individuating because like when I went on my solo trip across the country, like all I did mm. was cry. Like oh. all the beautiful oh photos, my God. all that. I did was fucking cry. Every single day I would just have a sob fest because it was, I was alone and I had so what, to be alone. What was it about being alone that made you cry? It was or so you like, why quiet. were you crying? It was so <sighs> quiet. And it was just like, there was no buffer. And mm. like, it did feel like I was looking for home all the time. And like, like I was able to uh, see, so a lot, so I, I feel a strong connection to like land. Like mm-hmm. I just, I love mountains and land and all that kind of stuff. My SP mm-hmm. self. So <laughs> when I would find beautiful places, it was like, I was able to feel emotions mm. and there was mm-hmm. no buffer and there was no stopping it. And it was constantly strong because everything out there is so beautiful. So it was just like wave after wave after wave of these emotions that I had never experienced and that all the shit was just stuffed down into me and stuck. Would yeah. other people be a buffer or what's, what, what, what would a buffer be? Just, yeah. Other people, activities, other people, sure. goals, work. And right, it just, okay. you know, uh, routine, routine's mm-hmm. a big buffer because yeah, you can go to sleep in it, you know, and there's no routine when you're driving in a car across country that you've never seen. Like there's, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no routine. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it damn, just, that's good. Yeah. It was just constant. So for attachment types, I would highly recommend forcing yourself to be alone if you feel safe. Yeah. And that thing you said about like looking for mom and dad is really powerful too, because like that is, that is like where the loneliness comes from. It's like, there mm-hmm. is no more mom and dad. It's just you now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just you alone. And like, that is ultimately how you're going to find your individuation and how you're going to find your fulfillment too. But it is at the cost of letting go of mom and dad. Yeah. And it's, it's the mourning you have to, I feel yeah. like I still am mourning the loss mm. of like what I thought was home. And yeah. the, the mm-hmm. loss of like mm-hmm. never being able to experience that again mm-hmm. is like, oh, God, like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's that one's rough. Yeah, that is so true too. Because like when you have individuated, then you come back to what you thought was it once, and it's not it anymore. It's not it. Yeah, and like the the relationships I have with my parents is completely different now because yeah, I've individuated, yeah. and it's like, so I have to mourn the loss of that relationship too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, I was not expecting to feel this much. <laughs> right, I I was like, oh, this will be a nice, easy podcast. It's fine. No, like, yeah. What this is making me so, realize no. is some of the you know what I talked about in the first one was that uh, just really starting to understand some of the the quote-unquote weird reactions that I had in my dating life um not understanding like what kind of these anxiety attacks that people were having is because you know when you're attracted to someone in a real way and you're responding to that there is a real strong risk and that's not something that I just thought that's how people operated I didn't know that people were just kind of falling into things with people that they barely were into or they were just kind of like adapting to Mm. and and so whenever I felt whenever I felt real attraction with someone and I could feel, I could feel that they felt real attraction for me. And then they would bail from that. I just couldn't understand what the hell was going on because Mm -hmm. part of the thing, my thing as a social blind is, you know, I don't really, I'm not necessarily doing the, I relate to you thing. 
Mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, for me, you know, sexual attraction is based on sort of like, I'm not like you at all, um, but we have a thing. So there's <laughs> there's no safety net here in terms of you're like me and we have this, you know, a background of shared experiences or anything. It's just like straight animal magnetism, whatever. And I that's that's what it is for me. But and you know, maybe there is that thing there, but for an attachment type to respond to that, to make take action on that, to really fall into that is a huge risk. It's a huge risk. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like what if it doesn't work? Because you're really putting yourself out there. And I do as an A, there's you know, the the A thing is I'm just gonna put my my nuts on the line here and, and <laughs> fuck it, you know, burn me alive. Um, but I, even I realized that I wasn't, I could do that, but I wasn't really pulling, putting my heart out there, but that it was such a huge sort of ripping yourself apart experience for, uh, an attachment type. And, you know, that's sort of these reactions that I was getting. And so, um, to, to, I mean, at some point this will happen. My partner's going to be on the pod to talk about this, but to mm. watch her mm. sort of stay in that experience while she was you know experiencing this sort of internal struggle and say you know i want this is one of the most courageous things i've ever seen mm-hmm. understanding you know now understanding like what is underneath all that for an attachment type and you know to to the audience of people who might be i don't know undecided or feeling anxious about what we're talking about like none of this shit is easy even for us who aren't attachment types it still Fuck is no. fucking scary to put your heart on the line for something and for someone that you really want. And um, it's really fucking easy to settle into a relationship that you don't really care about. And um, if you want to experience soul sex, like you're going to get burnt because I got burnt. You know, once I started like really putting my heart on the line, I I had an experience with an attachment type who just couldn't handle it. And Mm -hmm. it was like peak, you know, chemistry type experience. And she just fucking bailed and it, you know, it fucking ripped me apart. But, you know, I, you know, I just had made the decision. It sort of gave that scar kind of made me fearless because I I knew that I could put my heart on the line Mm -hmm. and, and that I was willing to, uh, well, it hurt really bad, but I just felt like the experience of almost getting there was worth it. (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so, that's really beautiful <laughs> yeah that is super <laughs> sweet one thing uh going back to like attachment types and family and all of that stuff is uh i think uh well in my old age what, what i've come to is <laughs> is uh that uh basically everybody was born into the wrong family okay mm. and so and oh, the right and, Come on, and, everybody's um well to honor yourself you've got to find your soul family Ah. right so Mm -hmm. and i mean so that's you know we've been talking about attachment but that's kind of like the social instinct piece of Hmm. this whole message is um is individuating finding what you actually want what you need at a soul level and finding that in other people and those people becoming your real family. Mm. Yeah, we got yeah. some soul family up in this bitch. Yeah, we yeah. do. That's right. For real. Big time. <laughs> I want to say one thing. I mean, being really fucking sappy over here, but. Um, I love it. <laughs> I love when you're sappy. 
sappy. I love when you're sappy. Who's got a line of two here? All right, <laughs> no, I just, you know, it's not a Molly night, but whatever. It's, <laughs> but, you know, I'm just being able to zoom out and, you know, this whole experience and not just this group, but uh, finding someone that I love through all of our connection, our soul family connection has really gave me a mirror and being able to see myself and to see us as a whole and just to see how everything sort of led up to these experiences and i i recognize that even i i don't know if i've said this maybe i didn't put this on the pod but i want to say it again but uh like there was a point where i was on the fence about you know the possibility of love even being a thing and (laughs) meeting someone like john who is like super in not just because he's a hard type but he is someone who really believes in love Mm -hmm. and it's not necessarily anything he said it's just who he is that was like you know i i can i don't Mm. i shouldn't give up on this you know like you know this is uh someone that i can really see myself in to some degree and respect and and he still really believes in love and you know maybe i can and that was five years before anything really happened for me so it's been a process i'm saying that to say that this has been like a gradual process of me like really opening my heart to the possibility but Mm -hmm. it took finding a soul family and took me you know these encounters that you know gave me messages that said hey uh you can you can really believe in real love and i think there are a lot of people out there who shut down their hearts and they've you know we we experienced the the heartbreak of you know getting out there in the world and and realizing that the love that we thought could exist um, may not be out there, but it, sometimes it just takes someone to remind you that it is possible and that you shouldn't shut your heart down and it could happen for you. And uh, I f- feel similarly and to be like, you know, I've, I've brought it up before, but to also be totally weird and cheesy is like, <laughs> I, to- I totally feel like my dog is part of my soul family. And when he came into my life, I was like, oh, this is what love is. Mm. And then, and then Brian came into my life like weeks after, like just a couple weeks after mm. that. And I was like, got it. Check. <sighs> <laughs> so I, so thank you, Emika. You know, I've had my shit around uh, my specificity into a corner uh, and shame around it. And so when you remind me of that, like it, it really means a lot to me. Mm. And, um, but I wanted to ask, um, Nit and C and Alexandra. I mean, I have a sense with Alexandra, but I think articulating it for the for the pod would be useful. But um, well, let's see. God damn it! You fucking opened my heart, so now I'm all fucked up. Because um, <laughs> another another line to two here, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I some one of the things that's been in the background of this conversation uh that i need to get out because of my fucking line of two or whatever is uh is so you know there's a lot of talk here about non-specificity and all this other kind of shit that attachment types suffer from and one of the things my experience with alexandra is that she is such a specific person and like she's so fucking uh like i mean the first things i was attracted to was her sense of humor and but also like she has a very it's not precise is not the right word but there's like a very cutting way she observes things and illuminates things and understands things and like just alexandra is such a fucking specific person 
And I think it's important for anybody listening that, that might be being attachment type or struggling with whatever, like I see Alexandra so, so, so specifically, but her struggle is that she doesn't see herself that specifically. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think Emika, I think you can relate with your partner. Yes. Um, and you know, sometimes I want to strangle you, baby, because, um, <laughs> Likewise. it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, how could you have not, uh, always seen what a fucking jewel you are, mm. you know? And, um, I think I even said in a couple episodes ago, like, you know, you, you were telling me a story about your recording music, transcribing music on the beach by yourself in high school or something and how you had to kind of hide it because people would think you're a fucking freak. And I was like, that's the fucking coolest shit ever. You know, like all your freak stuff, the more freak I discover, the more I'm, I'm totally, you know, uh, besotted by it. So anyway, yeah, just to say that, but you know, you, you were talking earlier about like individuation and like, I, like, I, I kind of feel funny about it because I know a lot of our relationship has been a factor in your individuation. Uh, but you, you said something about like making a choice that it, that like you're involved in the choice rather than the like interjected, mm. you know, attachment voices that you've sort of absorbed or whatever. Like what, what was it that allowed more of you to be involved in the choice, whether it was to be with me or to individuate or whatever that might've been that, that, that has shifted things for you internally. Right. Ask me that again. So I hear that clearly. So we are talking about some kind of transformation and change and individuation. And what was it like that allowed more of you, more of Alexandra to be here and to be in the choice and to be in the process of individuation than, than something prior? I mean, a huge part of it is because I was, I am deeply affected. You know, a huge part of this was like, like, like I felt, you know, and maybe I'm wrong about this or whatever, but like, I knew what I was feeling before you gave me any indication of what you were feeling, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, so it started in my, you know, in my like perspective and in my opinion, like, uh, it started with me having a solid land on where I was. Mm And being able to, you know, like I wasn't just responding to you. I was already, I was already there, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is not the story of someone that was into me. And I was like, oh, cool. Let's see what he sees. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. this was a story of me, like being in it already and then having to really jump in, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, uh, let's see. Amica, something that your partner and I have talked about is this real sense of being affected. You mentioned you mentioned this already that she had the experience of anytime her body responded, she would just push it away. Um, I have that same experience that anytime, anytime it was more my like heart or like my mind was like responsive, I would just that ah, that's disruptive and distracting. I got to fucking focus here on my complete lack of <laughs> like self involvement. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge part of this story for me is, is like my body responding, my heart responding, my mind responding in a way that my attachment shit couldn't like negate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. In a way that my attachment type like shit couldn't like, let's see, how do I say this? Couldn't like make a rational choice for me. Mm-hmm. 
Does that make sense? I don't know if I'm answering that Absolutely. correctly. No, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. I have a very similar answer to that question too. Um, except my, so my body kind of forced me into, yes. into uh, individuating because I got really sick um, for no reason. Like the doctors have never been able to find out what it was, um, but I had like chronic tonsillitis. Oh my gosh. And yeah. And it was awful. And they were like, oh, well, you know, you don't need your tonsils taken out. You're fine. And, you know, don't get me started on sexism in, in the doctor's industry, <laughs> industry, but whatever. Um, so I had chronic tonsillitis. I had debilitating stomach issues. I had to quit my job and move back home because I couldn't take care of myself. And um, once I spoke my trauma to someone, my tonsillitis went, went away immediately, mm, Wow! like within a day, it was gone and yeah. I've never had it since. And which is like weird. <laughs> um, and then Throat once chakra. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And once I started fighting to find me, my body started healing. And so mm. I was forced and anytime I slipped back into it, I would get sick again. Well, so it was weird. It was very weird. So I was forced by my body to find me. And that started two, three years before I met Brian. So oh, wow. Was, yeah. It was really at the end of it, um, even though I didn't feel like it was anything. It just sort of felt like life to me. But yeah. So by, by the time I found Brian, I had done a lot of fighting with myself and I still feel like I'm, you know, I've gotten nowhere, but I know I have, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you know, I like, understand. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, Brian never showed an interest in me at all, not even on our first date. And then, but I mean, I kept, I kept at it and here we are. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Brian's nine, right? He's, exactly. he's his own attachment type. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had to, I, st the way I got his attention is I stole his wallet and I shoved it in my bra. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh my you need to give Hell me your yeah. number. <laughs> I love that. And yeah, he was yeah. like, and That's he, some individuation. Because <laughs> that, I was like, you're going to fucking pay attention to me. <laughs> yeah. Individuate into this shirt, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had the rare experience that uh, my current partner was probably the first time in my life where uh, someone kissed me first. <sighs> which which is you know we'll eventually tell the story but that's cute was like uh, it's yeah, yeah because i was like i had to process i had to take a second to process what just happened because <laughs> i'm the assertive one right and i'm mm. you know i'm always expected to make the first move and i mm. usually i always almost always do and that was the first time that happened i was like such a like wow and you know, of course, you know the rest is history. But you know, she individuated. I was um, gonna say that I was, that had to be mm -hmm. fucking huge for her. She said huge. it was the uh, scariest two, three seconds of her life. Yeah, <laughs> I was just sitting there, like staring at her, like processing what had just happened. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and then yeah. she said, "I'm sorry," and I said, "Don't apologize." And then, and then that, the rest is history. But uh. Oh. God, yeah, she, you know, she she was you know echoing some of the same stuff that you guys were saying. Like, I, I it's it's comfortable for me. I can say that I'm experiencing body reactions to someone. I'm attracted to someone, but it's I realize how 
how much of a foreign thing it is for attachment types to make that leap mm-hmm. to say, you know, I want this person and I'm going to make a move. Um, so to realize how much of a courageous thing it was for her to make the first move, like understanding the attachment type struggle is it's pretty fucking uh, incredible, courageous to do that. Yeah, we do a lot of shit for you guys, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I, um... Yeah. So give us those goddamn gold stars. <laughs> <laughs> and your dick. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, Alexander and I didn't happen like that, but, um, you know, as a sexual type, I'm pretty clued into like generally my preferences and generally like way my body reacts. But even then, I'm learning without the social instinct involved has been itself skewed in its own way because as an aside like you know when object relations when when object relations co-ops your sexual instinct you become attracted to things that recapitulate the negative dynamics you had early in life Hmm. you know so uh when object relations co-opt sexual instinct you come to somebody that's new and exciting and whatever thinking this is brand new when it's actually in disguise the same old shit that's like in the in the 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 dumpster of your psyche you know that's it's already been there the whole time it's just in a new disguise and and that's like for sexual types especially that's like a a real danger i guess anybody any any sexual instinct in your stacking uh you can think you're coming upon something brand new when it's the same old shit and that's the danger of not like when you're not integrating your all your three in your instincts and you're not present in your body that's what happens so anyway with uh with alexandra like very quickly she was very um i always say that alexandra like helped me uh uncover my heart again and like you were very um you were very forward and bold about about basically like you're you're not just loving me but you're like how do i put it like your willingness to like to love me whether i was you're gonna get a little hang on <laughs> whether it was like doing the like attraction dance or not or like mm-hmm. whether i was like um like impressing you or not you know like right you and and i remember like i just like i i think one time i was uh we were like kind of being flirty and i like i was at a bar and i i sent a, a message uh of a picture of just my face and i i looked at it and i realized how fucking ugly i looked and I had all this image type, sexual type shame come up of like, I just fucking ruined this. Like, I look so ugly. Like, she's going to not, she's going to lose all attraction to me. Uh, like, I just ruined everything just like that. And uh, I guess I didn't, but. <laughs> <laughs> that is I, yet no. to be seen, apparently. No, you did not. <laughs> I like, but that experience, like I was walking home and like, like talking on the phone with her and like bawling. Like mm-hmm. I felt completely exposed and naked and like uh, all the mechanisms that I've learned to kind of like hold a woman's attention and interest and attraction and image type shit and sexual type shit. Like I couldn't do. And I mean, that was like, I don't know. I didn't, I never had that experience before, but it was, it was Alexandra being, uh, you know, I guess individuated or <laughs> putting for <laughs> putting herself out there. It's like, fuck, I have nowhere to hide. And I guess the thing about 
individuating and and really responding to someone on a deep body and soul level is that the thing that you're into about this person isn't what they're manufacturing mm-hmm. it's right. not what they're giving you it's not the check boxes mm-hmm. and so what often happens with people get into relationships is like you know like uh like looking at what looks good on paper what other people might recognize versus what really what deep connection you have to this person and what's been really you know really challenging for me also as a sexual type is how much my partner is showing me through what I'm seeing through her eyes that she's attracted to like I like I can't what I'm doing isn't yeah it's not it's not what I'm manufacturing it's not what I'm the dance that I'm doing as a sexual type is like who I really am on a core uh, level is what she wants and um, I can't it's not something that I'm going to sit here as an aid and manipulator if I do this then she's going to want me more and it's it's so humbling to be uh, seen and wanted in that way um, yeah some of this is social instinct you know it's mm-hmm. um, right seeing right. seeing the person where they're really at as a whole as opposed to a sexual ornament something yeah 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 heaven forbid and how much i like see myself as purely sexual ornament and so somebody sees something else and i was like what what (laughs) (laughs) what am i yeah yeah i can speak to the opposite of that of like you know me being sexual blind like you know having lived believing that my ability to keep and maintain a relationship comes from like having a specific set of values, having like a checklist to kind of like watch and maintain, like, you know what I mean? Knowing how to like pay attention to somebody and knowing how to like nurture them and like make them feel good and, you know, whatever else. So the idea that like a a big part of our relationship, uh, my relationship with John has, has nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's kind of making me realize that like, oh, anybody can have these, this like, checklist to follow so he's not he's not john's not into me because i like know how to be a partner he's into me for me and that is very fucking confusing for me mm-hmm. you know like it is like he's like like magnetically into me for not my ability how do i say it like it has nothing to do with my ability to be a good partner and like I don't even know how to finish the sentence. Like or, or to con- or to conform into expectations that are more exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. when you mess up, there's no question of whether or not they're going to leave. Right. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, a different kind so- of risk. It's good. It's like uh, wow, it's not anything that I'm doing. It's just me. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if you mm-hmm. get rejected, you're straight up, you are getting rejected. Yes. <laughs> Which fucking <laughs> blows. Well, I mean, my experience with you, Alexandra, is like I'm angry and outraged because it seems like you don't have a lot of experience of somebody like just straight up wanting you. Mm. And so, like, when I respond to you in particular ways, or I'm hooked by you in particular ways whether it's you know you know on the different on different levels it's like I mean you're more comfortable with me now but like especially at the beginning it was sort of a relationship it was sort of like 
there was a kind of like, well, what are you, like, you didn't quite know where to place it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, totally. I had no idea what you were doing with me. And it, like, it fucking like rips my soul apart because it's like, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't know how, I don't know, like, anybody that you're with was a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? <laughs> anybody you were with is a fucking idiot because they didn't, like, how could they miss you? Right. Well, and, not to be that person, but I could say exactly the same about you. Yeah. You know, obviously yeah. different lens, different instinct, but how did you go this far and not have people see you again, different instinct, but not have people see you and value you and honor you in the way that they should have been fucking doing the whole time. You had to go there, Alexandra. I'm a nine. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I've had a, a similar thing, you know, with my partner too, just looking at her with rose colored glasses like she's you know she is amazing and her kind of saying uh i don't know what you see in me but i'm here for as long as it lasts and i'm like i'm not going anywhere like i'm here for you it's just like wow like this experience of someone being here for you besides like what you're doing to manufacture interest and attraction is um challenging not just for attachment types but for, for everyone like, because we all think in our through our own lens that i'm being wanted for what i'm generating for this mm-hmm. person we, you know depending on the lens of your instinct or whatever but for someone to actually see you and want you for you is humbling and incredibly mm-hmm. fucking scary yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah terrifying but anyway i think we have that's enough emotion <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I this should be a good. I do want to be a good wrap up for the series. <laughs> I do want to kind of circle back to David because I feel like David, you kind of started the attachment conversation, and you've been, you know, hiding in your cave over there. I thought I've so, been I don't saying know. a whole any, lot. I thought any, <laughs> I mean, you have, you but have. Most. I just like don't know if we've given you the floor properly. Well, ask me a question. Oh, I don't have a question. Because I'm, I'm, not, just... I'm not individuated, so you have to ask me a question. <laughs> he has to form into what we want him to be. Well, yeah, I mean, what are you, what are you asking? Uh, I guess just like, how are you relating to the, all the attachment stuff? I know that Nancy and I are, you know, we are different than you in the sense that we are sexual blind and we have, we're triple attachment. So it is more potent with us, maybe um so like i don't know yeah how are you like bouncing off of that i think it's the the cynicism the particular kind of cynicism of social last um that has me i mentioned it i think on the one of the previous podcasts there's a pretty profound cynicism about myself and so hmm how am I relating? Uh, well, I can yeah, go ahead. speak for David here. <laughs> because, uh, you know, because I, I felt like I didn't really get it until, uh, you know, listening to the, the pod that we did just on David multiple times is that um, it's he's got his own, you know, it's not attachment, triple attachment flavor, mm-hmm. but that he's kind of running around doing tricks 
in a way like, oh, I'm going to get you, you know, intrigued and into me, but I'm just tricking you because I don't really think I matter enough for, for love. Mm -hmm. Like I'm just doing this magical tricks over here, but you're not really going to be wanting me for me, you know, like you're not, I, I don't really take myself seriously to be laser focused for something as serious as love but I mean we're gonna do this fun stuff for a little while and then I'm gonna move on to the next person because it's not really gonna any ever go anywhere mm. so uh it, it seemed to me like a different version of it might seem individuated but it's kind of like not actually um not seeing the self as mattering mm. right beyond yes. the Beyond, beyond the tricks and the magical right. intrigue. Right. So the non-individuation is that I'm not particularly hunting out what I'm wanting. I'm just kind of, people are attracted to me because I'm doing some razzle-dazzle with some seven and four. Um, and that gets me, you know, this is partly self-prez. It's sort of like um, the attachment stuff is sort of like a commodity. Right. It's like I, I get I, I can plug in and get some of that familial um, stuff, for example, uh, you know, people besides all of my crazy shit about seducing second mothers or whatever. There's a, <laughs> a, a thing of um, well, people do have a sense of um, kind of wanting to adopt me. Um, <laughs> And, but it's, it's not the whole be me. It's, um, it's, I'm just going to plug in and it's cause it's social last too. It's just kind of, uh, I'll get a little bit of this one kind of familial quality with this person or this group of people and a little bit over here and a little bit over here, but I'm not really expecting to be fully seen or related to as a as a whole entity or mm. something yeah so there's still some hiddenness there yeah oh for sure hmm. well and also the hiddenness i mean this is kind of spsxy i guess but that's sort of what pulls people in too right mm. mm -hmm. yeah is is that and so what's going on there with that guy you know that kind of thing and then <laughs> sure. and then i and then i get some some attachment you know commodity there right mm, yeah 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 this has been great this yeah. we've done yeah. four episodes on soul intercourse and um i'm sure people have had their fill <laughs> they don't want to hear about our sex lives anymore <laughs> but i think we hit this this topic pretty well and uh we hit this topic's um, back walls yeah <laughs> yes. yeah Personally, I hope people continue to get mad and I hope they fucking stay mad and I hope they get mad enough that they'll fucking do something about it instead of demanding you guys to solve all their problems and their feelings. For real. Well, yes. Very real. exciting options there. <laughs> yes. I'm glad people are triggered because that's what it takes to look yourself in the mirror and decide that maybe you should try something different if you want different results in your romantic life. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should put your heart on the line and maybe you should actually respond to um, what you're into instead of what um, what you think will work. Hide. 
yeah, what you yeah. think will work. So. Yeah. And I mean, it all comes down to like what the Enneagram is about, which is staring your own horror and devastation in the face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So do it and stop complaining about a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Says the nine. <laughs> the fucking nine, exactly. Well, she's individuated, so now she's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> she was always dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> All right, this All is right. good. This is great. Right. Cool. Good night. Good night. All right. Good night. Sleepy Nancy. Bye. <laughs> good night, guys. Good night, guys. Bye. 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 And I will have you tell me it went wrong All I see is what you've done